So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Richard Flair is not ready to say goodbye to Ric Flair. And he won't be until after the 31st. And I am so proud of him. I am so proud of him. He is one of the most prolific promoters, producers, of professional wrestling content in the last few decades. Yes, he's heard this all before. Eric Bischoff is with us. A lot going on with him. A new book is on the way. And, of course, you can check out his podcast, 83 Weeks, and get it ad-free at adfreeshows.com. We'll get into all of it. A lot of hot topics with a very controversial mind in the professional (laughs) wrestling business. Eric, how you doing, man? You're you're so busy. It never slows down for you. Uh, Well, I hope not. You know, that's a bad sign when things get really slow, when your phone doesn't ring, nobody nobody sends you an email, nothing really going on. That's that's not a good thing. So I love being busy. Summer's really busy and, you know, a lot of wrestling stuff going on. Obviously, StarCast, the book coming out, um, a lot of travel. But I got friends and family coming in out here in Wyoming to visit. So between uh, all of that, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. There you go. All right, so StarCast, this is just wild adventure that conrad thompson has gotten everyone on here this will be the fifth one very successful and this is the first one to kind of be uh i wouldn't say tethered but um jumping on a SummerSlam weekend usually it's associated with a, an aew weekend what do you think of that player what do you think of the business of that uh, look i think part of it is coincidental you know part mm-hmm. of it is by design um it just worked out you know nashville's real close to huntsville where yeah, Conrad and his entire team uh, are based. That makes it kind of easy. Jeff Jarrett's in Nashville. A lot of local connections and contacts help facilitate, you know, everything that's going on. So it's mm-hmm. just, you know, everything was all aligned. I'm sure that Conrad, I'm not sure, but I would imagine Conrad will probably, do, you know, do other events in association with, or at least in proximity to uh, AEW in the future. I don't think it's an either or. I just think it's no. a great opportunity and it just happened to work out this way. It's better for the fans. It's easier for the fans. You get to go and do a little bit of both and enjoy it all. What's what's the problem? You know, no, no, no issue there with me. Yeah, um, it's it's really like uh, you know, it's a safe place, right? Whether you're an AEW yeah. fan or a WWE fan, because there's going to be a lot of AEW talent there, you know, performing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, main event with Ric Flair, you know, so to speak, uh, and, and a lot of others there. And there's going to be a lot of other, uh, you know, independent wrestling there, as well as some uh, WWE people. So. It's hey, come on, man. I'm I'm getting kind of woke. It's a safe place for all wrestling fans. Isn't that what the world of wrestling needs? A safe place where people beat the hell out of each other, but they're very politically correct in the process and not judgmental at all. That's a perfect wrestling world right now. Thank you for the controversy, Eric. I didn't ask for it, but you gave it to me. I appreciate (laughs) it. Did you have any doubt? (laughs) Um, So definitely it's going to be a wild weekend. You already brought it up. uh, Part of the StarCast weekend, it was moved from the Nashville Fairgrounds to the Municipal Auditorium in Nashville. 
is Ric Flair's last match. A lot of controversy with this, but a lot of excitement. A lot of big names associated with celebrities are already uh, uh, saying they're going to be in attendance. Uh, and also, it's Ric Flair's last match. It's a huge attraction here. How do you think this has come together? A unique way to promote it? And certainly uh, under some very wild circumstances with the most prolific and one of the most well-known pro wrestling names calling it a career. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the whole, the, the whole thing has just been magic, you know, if, from the inception, because you have, you know, you have two categories, you have basically three categories of fans or, or people that watch wrestling and have an opinion about wrestling in the dirt sheet universe. Let's oh, refer yeah. to it as that. So I'm, I'm in it. <laughs> no, I don't consider you in it. I don't. Thank maybe, you. maybe you are. I haven't read enough of your stuff or watched enough of your stuff, yeah. so I'm going to give I, you. A I, I, I get some dirt on my fingernails, but I try to wash it off. Uh, all right. Well, I'll check you out in, in detail, and maybe this will be the last interview we ever do. I don't know. <laughs> but you know, there were three categories of people. You got the haters. The people just love yeah. to hate because they love to get reaction on the internet because they're, you know, emotionally stunted, psychologically damaged individuals, and that's the only way they get a stiffy is by participating in that kind of you know dirt sheet universe gaga and they're particularly haters because that's how you get response and not only in yeah. wrestling but in, in in all forms of social media then you get the skeptics not necessarily haters but man why is he doing this now a yeah. lot of my friends were in that category and i know my friends who respected rick or still do are in that skeptic category not because of any you know, need to get attention or anything else. Just concerned. Just concerned. 73 years old, he almost died. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then you have fans that are just supporters of Rick. And I think what we've all learned through the promotion of this thing and and this amazing docuseries, cannot say enough great things about it, um, because so much of it is real. You know, Rick talking about the journey you know, his last 10, 15 years of his life, you know, his son, um, all of the things that he's, you know, almost dying. And and that's not an exaggeration. It's actually, it's an exaggeration. It would have been an exaggeration to, to suggest that Rick even had a chance to survive what he was going through. Um, but he, he kicked out. And I don't want to pretend I know Rick intimately, but I've known Rick a long time, and I know Rick fairly well. Richard Flair is not ready to say goodbye to Rick Flair, and he won't be until after the 31st. And I am so proud of him. I am so proud of him for getting himself in shape and, and doing all the work that needs to be done to get there physically and mentally, because that's going to be a big part of it for Rick. It's not just mm-hmm. being in physical shape. It's going to be being in mental shape, emotional shape. That's the biggest thing. And Rick, Rick's a very emotional person. It's probably led to more of his ups and more of his downs than even his physical abilities. Um, and being able to control those emotions and be able to go out there and perform at, his, at the highest level he's capable of, it's a challenge, and he's taking it on. As far, the, as, as far as the work that Conrad has done in the docudrama, Hey, you want some more controversy? If anybody from WWE and AEW would sit down and watch that documentary and break it down with somebody that actually knows how to construct a story, you might learn a few things because that was one of the best stories I've seen promoting a single match in a long, long time. Maybe not on the same platform as WWE, obviously, or even AEW, obviously, but 
that story. That's a, not an angle, a story. And there's two different things. And I think that the way that docuseries came together with so much reality and believability and emotion and, and stakes and, and now enter Jay Lethal and, and jealousy and envy and all of family. The, Family, it has all the elements of mm -hmm. classic storytelling, and that's what's missing in the product today across the board. It's not picking on anybody, so just sit down, relax, go back to sucking on a pacifier, you know, watching cartoons, whatever it is you dirt sheet universe people do. But I think it's fantastic. All right, Absolutely. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done giving you headlines, brother. I am Thank you so out. much. <laughs> That's coming up July 31st on Fight TV pay per view. Ric Flair's last match. It'll be a part of Starcast as well, and of course, all the events streaming with Starcast. Get your information Starcast.com. Let's talk about this. The book, Grateful. Uh, this is your second book. You had a book you put out with WWE uh, that was very successful in the mid 2000s. I read it. I loved it. It was an honest approach at different things in your career and your time in WCW, but there's been so much you've done in your career since. Tell me about Grateful. Tell me about working with Guy Evans on this book. He was successful writing a book that was related to your career and the ups and downs and things that he covered objectively of you, but now you're working with him on this book. What's yeah. it going to cover? What are people going to get from this book? And people can get it at bischoffbook.com. You can pre-order there now. Yeah, it, it's been it's so interesting because when I was approached to, to write my first book uh, when I was with WWE, my first reaction was, eh, what have I got to say? I mean, in a book, you know, I sit down and have a beer, tell you some stories and give you opinions or whatever, but a book? And it just didn't occur to me until I got into the process mm -hmm. and then realized so many of the things that led up to my career and, and to the end of my career in, in WWE, because that's when my book came out, Controversy creates cash. Um, I, I realized, you know, wow, I forgot a lot of the things that I've been a part of and done. Um, and it was it was really a learning experience. Now, fast forward to about a year ago, I get a call from Guy Evans. And I'll explain our connection here in a minute. I get a call from Guy Evans and said, hey, Eric, you know, have you ever thought about doing another book? Kind of like the same, same thing that happened to me the first time. And I went, same thing. Well, well eh, you know, what have I got to say? Mm -hmm. And we started talking about that. And it, I realized, man, it's been, you know, that at the when Controversy Creates Cash came out, and that was the end of my WWE career, my wrestling career. And I was like so happy, not happy that it was over, but I was so happy that I ended my career on what I consider to be the most positive note I could as a You're performer content. on the in, yeah. with intent and and at the wwe which is was the biggest is the biggest stage on the planet and i i performed there i i think i did well i got to work with some amazing people that i'd never worked with before it was all good and now i'm sailing off to go do some other stuff wrestling's in my rearview mirror and i got a happy face about it it's all good and then phew, boom i'm back in the wrestling business again and it's like starting all over 15 years and this book covers a lot of the, a lot of the detail and things that I've never discussed even on the podcast, in terms of the wrestling business, and, and the things that I experienced and my observations on them, in hindsight and at the time. Uh, but a lot of it, the majority of it, hence the title "Grateful," is how in the last couple of years, really four or five, I've really, I really have a different view on 
my time in the industry from 1987 to whenever. Um, and I'm so much more grateful for it now than I ever was at any time while I was actually in the middle of it. You know, it, it's taken me four, five, six years to, to realize just how much of a blessing really, not only for me, but how much of a blessing it is for so many people to have experienced a lot of things that I was involved with then. And, and the book is really about, it starts off, I think, talking about one specific story. And I'm not going to give it away here. Um, one specific story that made me realize, you know, all the time I was doing it, it was just business. It was ego. It was pride. It was money. Mm -hmm. It was all of the things that we all do every, you know, we all strive for, right? Um, and if you're honest with yourself, that is. Um, I never thought about how what I was doing while I was striving for money and success and pride and ego and stature and all the other stuff, celebrity, you know, all those things. Yeah, that's what I was. That's that's I was in the entertainment business. That's what you go for. I never took time to realize how some of the things that I was doing and, and a part of really affected people in, in some of the most amazing ways that uh, made me break down and cry when I heard them. And that's when I said, well, wait a minute. It's not all about just those other things, man. And now I'm so grateful for what I, in a way that I can't really articulate, so grateful for my time in wrestling because of that realization. Mm. I'm hooked. I'm hooked. Pre-order the book, bischoffbook.com. You got me. There's stories. The curtain is pulled back. You always have this very expansive mind. You know, the comments I made about CM Punk, mm -hmm. um, I had more responses from highly successful people in the wrestling industry, both behind the scenes and in the ring, that I would have been, I would have never imagined would have reached out and said, hey, man, glad you said what you said. Somebody needed to. You brought up the business and, and how you approach the business because – you were a, a media professional who came in to professional wrestling and you've operated in and out of it throughout your career and your time where a lot of wrestling fans connect you with WCW, WWE, TNA and, and the things you're doing now. Um, and you're talking about this on Strictly Business, your series with ad-free shows. You've been talking a lot about media rights and the way uh, certain names have been uh, utilized in wrestling. And you got some controversy recently with CM Punk and he's been name dropping you and, and you've been critical of AEW. How do you feel the backlash with that has been? We've talked about people who maybe take the things you say probably a little bit too seriously, but you're just analyzing it. How, how do you, how did you deal with that? And how do you observe it now kind of on the back end of it? Look, it's funny because, you know, the comments I made about CM Punk, um, I had more responses from highly successful people in the wrestling industry, both behind the scenes and in the ring, that I would have been, I would have never imagined would have reached out and said, hey man, glad you said what you said. Somebody needed to. Um, from, from, I guess, my peers, the response has been, you know, 80% in favor of some of the things I said. Now, when you get to the, to the you know, wrestling dirt cheat universe, that's much mm -hmm. different. Yeah. That's much different because I think the, 
you know, there's a certain tribal mentality in AEW as there is in WWE. Don't get me yeah. wrong here. Yeah. You know, fan passion is fan passion, whether it's wrestling, AEW, WWE, or NASCAR, baseball, whatever. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. um, those reactions are, are, are a little bit different. But even in that universe of responses, shocking how many of them were really supportive. Now, there were some nasty ones in there, too, right? Sure. But I, that's kind of like why I like throwing those grenades out there, because I like to see what kind of collateral damage, you know, it creates and how entertaining and interesting it is to watch all the pieces fall, you know, once the grenade blows up. It's kind of fun, you know, because people are crazy and sometimes so crazy that it's entertaining. So if, I, you you know, if I'm sitting in an airport, I'm bored, I got nothing to do, I've answered all my emails and I want to see some crazy crap, I'll just go watch, you know, Twitter responses to me dropping a bomb on something AEW did. <laughs> it's fun. It's, people are crazy. <laughs> Love it. Um, media rights are coming up here and you've been mm -hmm. a part of those discussions. You've been in those rooms and those boardrooms when, it, when a deal is made and, it, and it, you're trying to make a deal. WWE is up for a deal soon uh, with two different media partners. They had their two biggest media deals of all time. There's all these different things happening off screen that people think will influence that. And AEW is also up for a TV contract coming up sometime soon with the next year and a half, two years. How do you see those deals falling down? Because a couple of years ago, you and I spoke when you were at C2E2 about how OTT streaming rights were the future. And now we see WWE obviously doing that billion dollar deal with NBC Universal for the network. Um, told you, told you, told you. How, how's called, this gonna play out? How's this gonna play that's out? Called, that, that's called prescient. It's my favorite word, prescient. You can use it in a sentence so easily. It's, yeah, it's just you see into the future. That's what I do. It's what I've always done. I've lived most of my life ahead of my own time. It's, it's a burden. It's it a burden. I'm telling yeah. you. Uh, kidding aside, uh, who knows? You know, first of all. It, when you say their media rights are up soon, two years is like forever sure. in the entertainment industry. So yeah. much can happen, obviously. I mean, just look at what's happened in the last six months yeah. that could potentially affect media rights and all that. So it's so, you know, I have no prediction. You know, I think that, and, and part of the reason I don't have any pred prediction is I'm not in the business day to day anymore. You know, I don't know what the current market conditions are, particularly with regard to content and licensing fees. I just don't. So for me to have an opinion would be like Dave Meltzer. You know, it's like talking about crap you don't know not, nothing about. I could make myself smart, sound really smart. I really could because I've been in yeah. the industry long enough to wrap up an opinion with a bunch of buzzwords and facts. And people would go, wow, I can't believe Eric Bishop is brilliant. Um, well, that's but why really, I ask you. You know, that's it would really just be it would really just be BS. Mm -hmm. is what it would be so i have no i have no prediction you know wwe i think uh in fairness uh i think the expectations of what wwe was going to bring to fox back in 2019 because i was there mm -hmm. and i was tangentially really a part of it uh at, at the very tail end uh I, I think they were pretty disappointed originally but if you look at, you know, it's 2 million people, 2 million plus viewers a week in the 0 0.4, 0 0.45 demo, 18 to 49, consistently, mm -hmm. consistently number one on the number one network for 18 to 49 year olds. 
I believe that's true. Don't quote me. Go, go ahead and quote me. But at least admit I say I'm not exactly 100% yeah. sure. Um, so I think it's doing pretty well. I know, I don't know, I believe from an ad sales perspective, doing very, very well. Um, and that's a market that they've cultivated, they meaning WWE, has cultivated for 20 or 30 years. So they're, they're, they're enjoying the fruits of that. But I think one of the things that you have to look at beyond just ratings and even demos as a part of ratings is what does the WWE bring to Fox that no other content provider can? Because networks, I've sold them shows, non-wrestling shows. I've pitched some of the biggest networks in the world. I've sat across the table from network presidents, okay? Almost, not all, but most of the major networks in cable outlets uh, at one time or another. And over the last 10 years, the first thing they think of when they're looking at content is what can we do with social media? Mm-hmm. What, how can social media, how can these things fit together? Through the and, roof with and, WWE. Through the roof. That's there. it. Yeah. That's the yeah. point. And, you know, other dirt sheet universe analysts who try to pretend to know a lot about what they're talking about with respect to the business of the television business. I won't name any names here because they're not mean people. They're just delusional mm-hmm. um, and, and, and they lack experience. And knowledge, which is basically ignorance. That's how you define ignorance, lack, lack of experience and or information, right? But look at what WWE brings to the, t- to the table that almost no other television producer studio could. What, about 25, 28 million people in their database as a part of the WWE online presence around the world? Engagement. That's tremendous engagement across the board. You have a, you have a fan base that's invested. They're invested. I mean, even if they don't love the show that one week, they want to know what's going to happen this week, the next week and the week after. And you have a show that doesn't seasonally end. It's 52 weeks a year of almost fresh content. And, and you, and, and WWE has an audience is uh, so digitally has an audience that they can promote to, to drive people to a network. Mm -hmm. Come on now. That's a lot of value beyond ratings. And just, you know, for people that aren't going, what is he talking about? Just imagine this, you own a network Mm -hmm. and you're looking at television shows, none of which really have any social media or, 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 or internet uh, presence at all. And you love those shows, but they have nothing really to offer you. And you're going to take a risk with one of those shows. Big risk, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's a gamble. Or, yeah. or, or WWE comes to the table and they're really, really expensive. But they've got 25 million people coming with them that already love their product. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay for that, Mr. Network. And that's why I think WWE is in, in, in great shape because while the ratings are have been, in my opinion, I could be wrong. Sure. In my opinion, I think initially... Yeah, Fox was disappointed, but over the last couple of years, they're still number one uh, on Friday night's network, which is different than being number one on cable on a given night. Yes. Um, it's kind of a big damn deal. And in addition, they've got that massive, massive, massive loyal audience that they get to bring to the negotiation table with them. That's powerful. 
as far as AEW goes, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I when I watch their show and I, I can't watch it, it just doesn't do anything for me. That doesn't mean it's bad. That just means no. for me because I'm old and I'm out of touch and I don't get it. I don't know anything about TV anymore. This coming from a dirt sheet writer. Um, <laughs> we need a count. We need a count. We have Vince Russo on the network. We have a count of when he says bro. We need a count uh, of, of dirt sheet. <laughs> Dirt sheet, dirt sheet universe people, dirt sheet universe fans, and dirt sheet writers—they all have these strong opinions. None of them have spent a minute in the in the television business. You're joining us this week on Eric Bischoff versus the Internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but no, AEW. I don't know. Here's here's yeah. It's just like the show last night, bloody as hell, right? Mm-hmm. Now there, I don't dig that. It's just not my thing. Never has been. Never, ever, ever since I got into the business in 87 did I think blood was like, oh, cool. It's kind of weird to me, to be honest with you. But um, at that level. But my only thought is, how do advertisers feel about that? Now, I know how they felt about it 10 years ago Mm -hmm. when I was last in the television business. Less than that. Um, When I was last in the wrestling and television business and working with a major network Viacom on a regular daily basis. That was part of my job responsibility. I know how advertisers, therefore the network felt about about blood then. And so if somebody can convince me over the next eight years, all that's changed and advertisers don't care anymore, then obviously my perspective is dated. I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. I think from an advertising point of view, my guess, I don't know. I don't know. And I hope I'm wrong. But my guess is AEW is probably not. They may be doing okay, relatively speaking, with their 900,000 viewer average. Um, and the network may be excited about the number. But the number doesn't matter if advertisers don't want to be there. Mm. And I think the AEW super indie with a trust fund approach is not necessarily doing any any favors for the people that are trying to sell ads um, inside of that product. Observations that I know people will take seriously and and, and you're always approaching it objectively and honestly. I always appreciate that, Eric. The book, get it. Pre-order it now. Grateful. You can get it at bischoffbook.com. 83 weeks every single week. Great podcast looking back at individual events. You can get it ad-free at adfreeshows.com or get it wherever your podcasts are available. It'll be a part of StarCast coming up that last weekend of July in Nashville at the Nashville Fairgrounds. Get everything with that at starcast.com. Eric, thank you so much for the time. Always appreciate talking to you. I'll try and... Hey, one more, one more quick thing because sure. I know I did all the talking. That's all right. Um, if you, if you eat, pre-order the book Grateful at bischoffbook.com, it's going to be autographed by myself and Guy Evans. And one thing I forgot to talk about, something that's never been done in a book like this before. I don't think it's ever been done ever in any book, actually. But there's going to be a QR code at the end of every chapter. And you'll be able to take that QR code. It'll take you right to an interview with somebody who is a principal or involved in the chapter that you just read so that you can get their perspective. That's wild, man. Kind of cool. I love that. That's such a, that's such a clever idea. Now these little, these little blocky QR codes now have changed all of our lives. Just give us access to all You'll get exclusive interviews that you will not be able to find anywhere else. Only if, if you order the book. 
That's fantastic. I did. I, I that's uh, I'm, now I'm excited to see get this wealth of content. Once see, again, I, I, what did I tell you when I started this? Thing? I've lived most of my life ahead of my own time. <laughs> this is just one other example. Bischoffbook.com. Get it. See you, Circus Five. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for the time, Eric. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Thank you.